0: Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine podcast, a drunken... what do we normally say? (laughs) Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast, I'm Charlie. Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine podcast, a drunken... wait... (laughs) oh my god! Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast, I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah and we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite chartered book but with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode we are going to be discussing chapters 13 and 14... I got that right, I'm so happy, uh, of Chamber of Secrets, and this is a special themed episode. Yes. It is American themed, to say sorry for all of the times we've taken the piss out of America, because it's recently come to our attention that 58% of our audience is American. Yeah, and we love you guys, so we're going to be drinking Jack Daniels and Coke, we have some exciting special treats that we're live trying on the podcast, it's a lot of fun, and uh, Charlie has a big surprise halfway through. Yep, it's amazing. Hope you <laughs> enjoyed? Bye. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're back. Yeah, we are. Feels like it's been ages again. I know. We go in every gap. It's a bit repetitive. <laughs> it's a bit isn't it? <laughs> repetitive, isn't it? Like that reviewer said. Yep. All right. <laughs> oh, um, if you can hear some background noise, that's I've sent Neil off to make the room atmospheric and light some candles Hello. for us. Yep. It's our actual house elf, Neil. Thank you, Neil. I am indeed an elf. You've never seen photos of me. I'm two feet tall. Yeah. Okay. What are we doing first? Are we going to do reviews? We're going to do reviews. So the first thank you goes to Mrs Pushka, who says this podcast is what she needed in her life, which I think it's what I needed in my life as well. And she says our accents are a plus. Yay. 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 We have accents. Yeah. We always find this funny when people are like, oh, your accents are amazing. I'm like, I don't have an accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be a great Plot twist, if we weren't actually British in this entire thing, it'd be a lie. lie. (laughs) We were putting the entire thing on. Yeah, would be amazing. Our second thank you goes to Pen Plus Paper, who says, Enjoyable. But a little annoying at times. Well, I thought we weren't reading this one out. <laughs> we are now. We got a, uh, we got a, a sweet, sweet three-star review. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for that. Basically, they say that we repeat ourselves too much, which are, like, probably fair dues. They also say that they want us to be more lucid, more lucid whilst recording. We but, like, no. It's coming for because... the Goblet of Wine brand. I know. Like... We're both very, very dependent on alcohol and are never not drunk. So that's definitely off the cards. So oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. sorry. But, you know, we'll try to edit out the repeating ourselves. We'll try to edit out the repeating ourselves. The next thank you goes to love to skate which I can't tell if you really love skating or that's like an ironic name but whatever way that's amazing. They say the podcast is plain fun, that we just love Harry Potter, which we do. Um, it's not the most serious podcast in the world but they make our commute, and this was the best thing they said, or whilst you're trying to do your expenses, it keeps them happy. I'm sorry. Don't listen to us whilst you try to do your expenses, please. That sounds stressful, and you don't need us trying to stress you out even more. Yeah, but totally. But well done for doing your expenses. Like, good on yep. you. Is this Tony? It is Tony. Yep, I'm so with it. Uh, so they say, great podcast, love it every week. Apparently, it's a super fun thing to listen to. We're really funny, and they're happy to be a patron and weekly listener. Thank you so much, Tony. Tony, that's amazing. Tony. We love you. Tony. Thank you, Sam. Tony. Yes, we stand. Yes, right. And um, oh, and we have one more thank you to someone who messaged us over on Twitter. Um, yeah, it was Molly. Yep. So we actually got this message yesterday, and I haven't replied to it yet. We need to reply to it. I was gonna let Hannah reply to it, mm-hmm. um, because it's so sweet. Uh, basically, they just say that we they love the podcast and that they listen to it whilst knitting. And that they're aware that it makes them sound like an old woman, but they're actually fifteen. And this is such a big mood. So Hannah knits. I do. I um, do yeah. And I do cross stitch, which you know. So we're we're old ladies in solidarity. Yeah, we've been thinking about like a bonus Patreon episode where I knit and Charlie cross stitches. That would be really adorable. Yeah. So just yeah, complete, we love being old complete women. Complete silence. Just watch us awkwardly. Yeah. Craft. Stitch and bitch. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, this is editing Hannah, who has a bit of a cold, so sorry I sound gross. I'm here to make a very quick special announcement that me and Charlie have just had it confirmed that we're attending our very first convention this summer. So, on the 6th and 7th of July this year, me and Charlie will be attending DrakeCon, which I believe is the biggest UK Harry Potter convention. It is in Manchester, um, and we are gonna be performing Goblet of Wine, it's basically some live shows. I believe we're gonna be performing six live shows throughout the two-day weekend. Um, we're going to be doing some talks, a couple of chapter readings, and a quiz, um, a big old um, Harry Potter pub quiz. I know a lot of you aren't based in the UK, but some of you are. So if you would like to attend Draycon, um you can look it up online. It's D-R-A-I-G. Con, Um, Me and Charlie will talk about it a lot more next episode when we're together but because that's not out for two weeks I wanted to just come on now just before this episode get released so you can kind of save the date. So it's 6th and 7th of July this year. Of course we know so many of you aren't going to be able to come because you're not UK based or just because, Um, and that's absolutely fine. We are gonna record everything we perform there and put some of it out on the main podcast and some of it out on Patreon. We'll let you know lots more about it at the time, but I just wanted to let you know to save that date in case you were interested in coming to Manchester to see us live and have an amazing day, a big old Harry Potter convention. Some of the actors are confirmed to go um, from the films. You'll see loads more of it on our Twitter and Instagram, but this was just the first announcement of it. Back to the episode. So in between the gap of the last two episodes, Charlie left me, she abandoned me for two weeks. I did. To travel to America, and she's just left a room. Uh, you may have seen our conversation, daily conversations on Twitter about lizards. Um, uh, for, for Americans out there, this shocked one person, it just shocked Kevin, um, on Twitter. I, I've never seen a big lizard before apart from in a zoo, so Charlie was sending me daily photos of lizards in Florida and I was finding it fascinating. But anyway, she abandoned me for two weeks to go to Florida, and kind of in in celebration of that, to eat and drink some of the stuff she brought back, and also as an apology to all the American listeners we've offended during the recording of this podcast, so to say sorry. And as a celebration, we're having an American themed episode. I'll let Charlie explain more when she comes back with the cookies. She's bringing cookies, people. Tell tell us about well, you went. You also went to the Harry Potter world I did which you can see all over our Instagram story yep um, was, the train didn't go through Norfolk big spoiler didn't no and the London was geographically back. not accurate was it the lack of police helicopters circling it was <laughs> yeah <Thinking laughs> and out. King's Cross did not sneak a piss Charlie what snappers did you bring back I bought milk duds nerds Sour Patch Kids, Red Vines, which I've had many times I've before, and Pants they're before. disgusting, but had to get them for the very Potter musical, very Potter musical reference. Potter. Red Vines! <laughs> yep. Yeah. And also cookie dough. So we're going to try that raw, and then I've just been trying to make cookies as well. Let's eat some out. raw cookie dough. Okay, is that what we're starting with? Or do yeah, you want to start with sweets? cookie dough. Okay, you want to start the. I thing? think. Yeah, Are we sharing thing. a spoon? Yay! Yum. It says very explicitly we... on the packet... <laughs> I did not think this through. It says very explicitly on the packet, do not eat raw. Yeah. But... Fuck the packet. So yeah, that's. This is worth noting that since our, we last recorded, our lives have once again gone downhill. So <laughs> Hannah is currently injured; her finger is in a bandage. I almost chopped the end of it off with a bread knife. Yeah, and I'm currently here because there's a gas leak at my flat. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Let's try Cheers. this cookie dough. Oh fuck me, that was good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, we're drinking Jack Daniels and Coke. Because. For this yeah, we were trying to think of like. Typically American booze, and it was like this, or like, Bud or light. <laughs> Neil's here to try the sweets, and then he's leaving. Yeah, don't worry, I'm not going to bother you for too long. Let's all we'll grab a handful of nerds. Handle. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. Three, oh God. Shot, go. Oh, wow. Mmm. Mmm. That tastes bright. They're just as good as I remember. Mmm. Milk duds. Milk Dads. Yeah. Milk dads. Candy made with chocolate and caramel. Ah, oh, mm. oh, oh! it's was firm. It's a lot firmer than I was expecting. Mm. Chewy. It's really nice, vanilla-y toffee. Oh, that is nice. Hmm. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids. I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> Still going. Oh that's shit good. Oh that's Ooh. amazing. Hello. That is good. Mm. That's a bit like it's a bit like a tankastic. Mm. Cool. Red fine. Red which we've all had before, haven't we? Many years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just i all only right. wanted One to try vine, these. Please. I made a friend bring these back from America for me just because of the very hot musical. Oh yeah, same. Okay, let's... Cheers. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we just hit them together like giraffes. They just taste like shit. <laughs> You don't, no, you just. You've got to really work the flavour out of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> mm. But, if you bite off both ends, and use it as a straw. Yeah. Watch. Oh. Fantastic. That Hatter-wise. sounded like it worked really well. Yeah. Drinking Jack Daniels through a uh, red vine. I don't know anything more about I like yeah. it I think the Nerds are my favourite. Oh, I was just going to say to us, like, oh, like, what's our favourite? You've ruined it, Hannah. Sorry. My favourite's the Nerds or Mm. the Cookie Dough. Mine is the Sour Patch Kids. I think, obviously the Cookie Dough is heavenly. Yeah, yeah. But I think the Sour Patch Kids Uh, might win well. On to Harry Potter. Uh, Yeah, we're going to continue to snack on the American food throughout. Um, Thank you, Americans, for listening to this podcast and for putting up with us. Abusing your nation. Yeah. It will definitely continue. It will continue. Until all American podcasts stop abusing England. Yes. Chapter 13 of Chamber of Secrets, The Very Secret Diary. Dun, dun, dun. Much like always, apart from that one episode, Charlie doesn't have notes on what happens in the chapter. And I can see she has all of, I can't read her handwriting, two notes on the chapter. Whereas I have four pages. (laughs) Please stop bullying me. No, you deserve it. It's I the only way my your head still best. gets through doors. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> so Hermione is still in the hospital wing, covered in fur. Yeah. Would you like to be turned into a cat, like a human cat? Because she doesn't. Not get like a to... human cat. Oh, okay. But if I could just like be a cat, like Professor McGonagall, it's like, the absolute dream. But just permanently. Oh, permanently. Just all they do is like sleep. And get fed. Harry and Ron are going to visit Hermione in the hospital wing. And Ron notices that Hermione has got a get well card under her pillow from Lockhart. And this is the first time I think we see Ron a little bit jealous. Because not only does he, first he just takes the mick out of Hermione for having the card, which, fair enough. But on the way back, out of nowhere, he says to Harry, that Lockhart's right smarmy, blah, 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 isn't he? And... Ron, that's jealousy because you've got a little crush yeah. that you don't really understand. Adorable. So adorable. I love this kind of early hint because like J.K. Rowling could have taken it nowhere if she changed her mind. But it's nice to have it like peppered throughout. Yeah. So Harriet and Ron are walking back from the hospital wing and... Myrtle has flooded the corridor again. Yeah. So they go into her bathroom and she says someone's thrown a book at her and you have this whole line about 10 points if you get it through her stomach, 50 points if it goes through her head. And that's just a film, isn't it? No, it's in the book. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I didn't read it. Because then Ron finishes the entire scene by going 100 points if you get it through her nose, though. <laughs> Which is just fantastic. Yeah. Ron. Um, Ron then tells Harry to not pick up... So, um... They see the book on the floor, and Ron tells Harry to not pick it up. And he goes through a list of like these evil books, which his dad has found at work, which means that you shouldn't, Harry, shouldn't pick up this book because it might be cursed. And one of them is a book which this woman picked up, and it meant the curse was she could never stop reading it again. That's just a good book.
1: But the Why, rest are you sure of that was life, cursed?
0: The rest of your life, just like, oh, I'm at work, just like you could never work again. You're just reading this book forever. Like, do you get to the end and just have to flip back to the beginning? I guess. If it yeah. was Harry Potter, I think I could cope with just it. Just why would someone curse the book like that, though? I don't know. What's the point? What was, yeah. what was, your, what was your end goal here? Yeah, like, that is, like, top-level being a prick. Because it's, like, some things you're like, okay, I could see how, like, a sadist would get some kind of gratifac- gratifi- gra- gratification. Gratification. gratification gratification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. I love booze. Uh, <laughs> yeah I could see how like I say this would get something out of that yeah. but like just like reading a book that's not satisfying for anyone, no matter how messed up you are, surely. Ron recognizes the name tm riddle tm riddle from the school award award uh, words Ron recognizes the name tm riddle from the school award he cleaned um the night he had detention, and Harry notices that it must be a muggle diary, so the student must be muggle-born because the diary's from Vauxhall Road. Oh! If anyone doesn't know, I live in Vauxhall in London. Wow, they're gonna stalk you now. Vauxhall's a big place. There's a lot of people here and a lot of police helicopters. A lot. Like, they're here a lot. Yeah. I don't actually know if Vauxhall Road's even in Vauxhall. It's probably not. It's probably not. Ron jokes that Riddle got the special services award for the school for killing Myrtle which is one of these moments have you heard the theory that Ron is like a seer and throughout the books predicts all these things that end up oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 this is one of those instances like he's doing his classic Ron thing where he's saying stuff off the cuff just like well maybe he got he got special services for killing Myrtle yeah he did kill Myrtle but that's not why he got the special services no but Ron's right that he killed Myrtle but he did get the special services for knowing who did the attacks because yeah. he did them and was able to frame someone else. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, well done, Ron. Ron. Ron the seer. I like that theory as well. I've read a bit about it. Like, all these weird jokes Ron makes ends up being yeah. true. Yeah, but also, like, it's a book and there's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. It works both ways. Yeah. There's this kind of creepy line where Harry says he half remembers Riddle's name as if he was an old friend. Ew. Which, like... Reading that now, knowing everything, that's really sinister, I find. That's really... That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's like, Harry doesn't actually know his name, but... It's like that thing where something is so important, to, like so significant to you, you just get this feeling around it, but the feeling he got was that Riddle was an old friend who he'd forgotten. And, yeah. You know, Ooh, that's creepy. I don't like that. Yikes. It's a good line, because when you read it as a kid, you don't really think about it. You're just like, who's Riddle? And then reading it back, I was just like, no. Yeah. Um, so Lockhart has decorated the school for Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day, Charlie. That's nice of him. That's sweet. Um, and a dwarf comes to deliver Harry a valentine. Um, Harry tries to run away from the dwarf because he doesn't want the valentine, and his bag splits in half. And I kind of realised that Harry's basically creating a lot more of a scene here than if he just let the dwarf deliver the valentine. Like, Harry running away, and the dwarf having to catch him and, like, throw him down Give on a, the floor. We know He's Harry. everyone turns around. Harry loves attention, though. Yeah, Harry's like, I don't want anyone to hear I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, he does. Definitely. He wants everyone to know that he has people that fancy him. Yeah. Or oh, that's imagine, though, being 12 and, like, having a singing Valentine delivered to you in front of the school. Did you ever have people give you Valentine's Day cards in school? No, of course I didn't. No, I didn't. Aww. Aww. And we used to have, did your school have this thing, like, the rose delivery system? No. Oh, we did. This made the whole thing worse. So, um, like, a week before Valentine's Day, there was a table set up where or was it like letters that you gave in where you could basically anonymously give people a rose? Right, hate it. Yeah. And like it was all meant to be anonymous so no one knew. But there were then these girls like boys, but there were a lot of girls who would then walk around school like for the rest of the day clutching five roses. Oh, fuck that. Like total like in um mean girls. Four for you Glen Coco, you glow, oh. you Glen Coco. But yeah there were these girls walking around who'd got like four roses. And this happened every year, the rose thing was a thing every year, and I never got a rose. So the singing poem is very clearly from Ginny, and it's so cute and so gross. His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. I just... It's a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, and just so not Ginny. I know. I feel like she hadn't developed her character at this point. Like I know that she's a lot younger, but... Like, that is seriously at odds with hey, her personality later on. Hey, maybe? No, I was about to say maybe Tom Riddle helped her write it, but she didn't have the diary at that point. Wouldn't that be great, <laughs> though? But what I really like, is all these theories I've seen online, like, Ginny's so in love with Harry in this book, and, like, she just needs someone to talk to about, and the only person she can talk to about is her diary. So, like, every day, Riddle is having to deal with, like, as well as possessing Harry oh, is having yeah. to be like, I just love Harry and his eyes, and he's so brave and wonderful, and he's sitting there like, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Sure. Like having to write that, like, I know, I'm sure he's amazing. Yeah. It's like when your friend starts, like, dating someone and just won't shut up about them. Yeah. Which, like, I am guilty of, but it's like that. Only imagine if the person that they were dating killed you. <laughs> <laughs> and you were trying to kill them. Yeah. And you were just having to be like, mm hmm, yeah. yeah. eyes are amazing. Just uh-huh. like a toad. Yeah. Draco is teasing Harry about the whole thing and picks up diary from the floor because the bags are open. And this is the point where Harry uses Expelliarmus for the first time, not to disarm Draco, to basically summon the diary. It's like this weird thing yeah. where the first time Expelliarmus is used, it doesn't disarm Draco and his wand it makes the diary fly out his hand, and Ron catches it. Yeah, that's kind of really random. It's like <laughs> she hadn't thought of Accio yet. Yeah, like, and I'm trying to think if there's other points in the book where Expelliarmus uses is used to disarm any other objects apart from a wand. Yeah, it's interesting because like disarm would imply that it's a weapon. Yeah, which it kind of is. Kind of. That's a good point. It's a weapon, so maybe that's but why. Also, I mean, she most definitely did not do it for this reason. Mm. But it is convenient. Obviously, if he had tried to Accio it, that doesn't work on Horcruxes, does it? Or is it just in the context later on that it didn't work? I think it doesn't work based on the protection set around them. I think once you like have it in another sense. So if they when they had the locket like around them in the tent, if they would Accioed it, it would have worked. Yeah, it's just like it didn't work in the lake because of the protection set up from Voldemort so that nobody stole it. I yeah, think. maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. But yeah, it's weird that the diary is disarmed, but that's a really good point that the diary is technically a weapon. Yeah. Interesting, but mm-hmm. Harry doesn't know that when he casts this spell. Yeah, and also um, surely like, Draco would be like, my dad had this. Yeah, he had it mine round the house. Yeah. That's a good point as well. So Harry notices that the ink basically disappears into the diary because when his bag split open, an ink bottle dropped over everything, but the only thing not stained with ink was the diary. So then he starts writing in the diary and the ink disappears, but Riddle starts writing back, which is so creepy, like the whole thing is really terrifying. Riddle basically tells Harry to come back in time with him into the diary to find out what happened with the Chamber of Secrets. And this is when, I finally solved a question we had a few episodes ago. So do you remember we said what's wrong? What have you done? I don't want to admit it. Charlie, what have you done? Have you made episodes about the same chapters twice. This is the wrong notebook. What's this? The that last book. <gasps> no, Charlie! This is definitely a low point in terms of my podcasting ability. you <laughs> John doesn't realise what's happened. <laughs> Charlie has come round my house with one notebook. And that notebook contains the notes for chapters 13 and 14 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yep, yeah, and before we started I was like, I'm sure that we have discussed this. But then I was like, no, but Hannah doesn't have notes on this chapter yet. She just made them before we started recording. So I was like... No, 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 it must be, like, I just think that we have. No, we have, because it was last book. This is, because remember, this was my one before, and then you bought me a new one, and now I've been using that. Oops. Don't even have anything to say to you right now. I'm sorry. What do you want to do? (laughs) Well, it's fine, because most of my notes anyway always just come up when you're reading through the plot. Do you even have notes on these next two chapters? Like, have you even read them? If that knows. <laughs> so you're just gonna bunny hop from me this entire time. I do that so much, though, anyway. Like, guys, I we're going do... This is the lowest point you've come to. And next episode, you're leading the notes. That is a fair punishment. Next episode, uh, right everyone, next episode, I am gonna and we're having the next episode with a guest, hopefully, but I'm gonna turn up with just like the basic funny notes and Charlie can make notes on the plot and hold the podcast together. Yep. Yeah. That that is your punishment. Okay, and we're gonna do a Twitter poll as well whether people think I should just leave the podcast and it should just be at this point. <laughs> that would be so boring. <laughs> no. Don't leave me. But also do better. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this was such an easy mistake. Admit it. Like, come on, like it's a notebook. Okay, so Charlie will now be tagging onto my notes the entire time. <laughs> she doesn't even know if she's read these chapters. <laughs> I was suddenly just like, turn up to work and hold down a job. A good job. Well, you, you do very well. Because I only have one notebook for that. <laughs> right, if you had two notebooks, you'd get fired, the job would go to shit. Exactly. <laughs> you'd turn up to important meetings and it's like, oh look! I've got notes on Harry Potter. (laughs) All I'm saying is this is your fault, because you brought me the other notebook. What? It was a gift. Yeah, and this is your fault. You should have known I'm not responsible (laughs) enough to handle two different notebooks. Yeah, but you should have retired this one now. I had in the same basket. (laughs) Uh, And it's the fact it took me so long to realise. Yeah recording for I know 45 minutes <laughs> but I was looking at <laughs> what were you looking at that you thought yeah that was legit for chapter 13 well because we... my notes are so vague <laughs> what one, are your notes for this chapter one of them mentions Snape and then I was thinking as you were going through I was like when is Snape in this go on read your two notes it just said Snape could read minds and I love it when they beat the shit out of each other <laughs> <laughs> So I was thinking, like, when, like, Snape isn't in this part, like, surely not. And then I thought, oh, God. Oh, God. I I was like, maybe we have discussed this before. And then I, like, glanced at the last page and it just says, (laughs) Quirrell. I was like, oh, shit. Immediately, this section in the flashback solves a question we actually raised in one of the last episodes. Yes. So one of the last episodes we talked about how, how Hagrid didn't go to Azkaban... And how we, like, Fudge and Dippet and Dumbledore must have known that Hagrid didn't open the chamber. Yeah. And that, like, it, the, he was a scapegoat because otherwise he would be in an Azkaban and they were just trying to blame someone. This whole thing basically confirms that. When Hagrid was caught, Dippet put about that Myrtle died from a freak accident and Riddle was given the medal for secret service of the school to keep quiet the whole time. So... Hagrid couldn't have gone to around because they had put about that it wasn't the Chamber of Secrets. And when Riddle was opening the chamber, he never advertised it as the Chamber of Secrets. There were rumours, but it wasn't as blatant as this time in the present where they're writing the Chamber of Secrets has been opened once more. Yeah. It was more just like the kids talking about it. So when they then put about the, oh, it was a freak accident, Hagrid's been expelled, it was something to do with a creature. Everyone just believed mm. that. Yeah, I mean... It makes very little sense, though, because it's like, why did he go so hard the second time around? Surely he would have been just as vague. That's the thing. Like, why did this time he admit it was the chamber? Yeah. Maybe because he wanted the glory for what he'd done before and the two things tied together. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense because this time he isn't at Hogwarts. So he doesn't have that to lose. Exactly. Well, that's then what we get into next. So Harry's been sucked inside And he lands in Dippet's office back in time. Riddle enters and (laughs) it mentions that he takes off his pointed hat, which reminded me that all of them are constantly wearing pointed hats. Let that just ruin your image of everything. Like, does anyone actually imagine them walking around wearing pointed hats? Because I don't. That would be stupid. Um, So, from this conversation, um, we basically learn if you then know the ending, <laughs> that Riddle started the attacks and then ended up having to stop them himself because Dippet says in this conversation, if someone isn't caught, number one, Riddle can't go back to the orphanage. No, Riddle has to go back to the orphanage and get yeah. can't stay in Hogwarts over summer. And number two, the school might close. And Riddle, even though he was the one to start the attacks, that was the exact opposite of what he wanted. He wanted to stay in school over the summer and he would have never wanted Hogwarts to close A. I feel like that's quite dumb. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? They're just going to be like, "Well, guess we'll just maintain this current course of action until all of the pupils are dead." Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, Riddle would have never wanted Hogwarts to close because A. We know it's his first home. It's the one thing he actually kind of loves, if he's capable of that. B. If the school closes, there's no one in it to attack. (laughs) So, yeah. Bit pointless. And C. He has so much left in the school he wants to discover. By this time it says he's 16, so we know at this point he's already trying to search for objects, possibly, which could become Horcruxes. That is something he's already after. Um, So he basically has to stop the attacks, and not only that, to be able to make sure that he can stay at Hogwarts over the summer, he has to blame someone else so that they know the attacks have stopped. So he basically... Shoots himself in the foot massively and like even though what he does to Hagrid is evil He does it because he thinks he doesn't really have another choice. Yeah, but also it's just really not very smart No, literally, what did you expect? Yeah, what was your end game here riddle? Yeah Yeah, so I just found that like I knew that whole storyline But I hadn't really pieced it all together like that before and now I find it a bit odd Yeah, riddle basically says to dip it what if the attack stopped? What if the person was caught? And Dippet's like, why? Do you know who it is? And was like, no, sir. And then he literally goes straight from Dippet's office to go to catch Hagrid. I'm like, bit, bit obvious there, Riddle, isn't it? That you did know either who it was or that it was you because you didn't even wait till the next day and be like, oh, look, I caught him. You literally walked from Dippet's office to go catch Hagrid. Yeah. I'm like, nice. It's really convenient that he knew about the Hagrid thing. Yeah, it is. Like, it's not like they would have been friends. No, but I suppose Riddle was, like, sneaking around the school, constantly knowing things. I guess, yeah. And I feel like it's, like, never something that was really, like, addressed all that much. That, like, Hagrid, one, like, knew Voldemort. And then also was, like, personally victimised. like, yeah. raise your hand if you've ever been personally, personally victimised by, by Voldemort. Riddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, And it's never, like... And also, like, the whole, like, going to ask a van thing... He just kind of comes back and then he's haggard and it's like, there would be, like, PTSD. Do you mean when he goes in this book? Yeah. He does, he does have PTSD. Yeah, but he's, it's never really, like... He says in the next book that he can't walk past the dementors, he gets all cryy and scared. Yeah, but that's, like, a, like... That's, like, everyone gets crying. No, I know. But he says, uh, no, he says, <laughs> no one walks past them and they're like, well, yeah, I'm really enjoying <laughs> no, this. No, but he says at one point, like, about he has to do something, and then he's like, "I'm never going back there again. Whatever happens, I'll yeah. do. I'll do whatever to not go back there." Again. I feel like it's just addressed from like Harry's childlike perspective. He's entirely unobservant. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it should be addressed more. Um, what I also like this just crossed my mind. Maybe like Riddle knew about Hagrid's secret about the spider because Riddle was interested in Hagrid in the way to like collect him as a follower. Because we know at this point, Riddle was collecting. "Quote unquote followers. They weren't friends. They were people that admired him and that could like do things for him. Mm. Maybe he thought Hagrid is very powerful in a different way to me. So if I can sway him under my, then he could be useful to me. Yeah. But no, he ends up um, getting him in loads of trouble. Um, so yeah, they sneak off. They watch and wait for Hagrid to come down. Hagrid said something about um, we've got to leave. Come on, you've got to get out." So Hagrid at this point, because Myrtle has just died, is trying to get the spider out of school, which like, helps into probably his whole thing of everyone believing it was him, because he wants to, clearly wants to get the spider out of school because he thinks he could get in trouble for it, and like, because mm-hmm. maybe he thinks,
1: I don't know, I don't think
0: he thinks the spider did it, but he knows that if anyone saw the spider, they would assume it did it. Yeah, so... Okay. Anyway. Yeah, it's also weird because like later on we like it's established that like the spiders know what's in the castle and yeah. are like not about it. Why was like Aragog chilled the first time? Or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was constantly trying to get out when Hagrid had him locked in rooms. We know that Hagrid has this thing of like doing things for what he thinks is best, but actually it might not be the best for. Yeah, the I guess. Nature? I don't know. But also, slight plot hole little bit um and then riddle tries to like get out of get in hagrid's way and stop and like capture him and the spider ends up bursting out the door running them both over and then just running out into the school and then the scene ends and i'm like cool but what happened next like yeah. where did the spider go Who next I mean found the, the forest surely no it was then just running out into the school up through the dungeons do you think yeah, it just but, like escaped out, out the out front door, door? <laughs> was yeah. the door open yeah just like, but like, what would you do? Like, if you were just like in the walking through the great hall and a massive fucking spider just ran past, you weren't gonna fuck with that, were you? No, but I just imagine it, like got up to the entrance hall and then like McGonagall's just standing there, like, <laughs> yeah, the but also, like. What time is it? Because after a certain time, isn't the great door like massively locked? Yeah, and it's at night time because Dumbledore says you should be in bed by now. The curfew's gone. So yeah, Yeah. it's night time. So where does the spider go? What happens next to the spider? You know where it probably went? Where? Into a bathtub. In Norfolk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's how the scene ends and Harry ends up back on his bed. Chapter 14, Which I definitely read. Jesus Christ, Charlie. Yeah. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione are discussing how it could have been Hagrid that opened the chamber and say, like, his heart's in the right place, but, you know, sometimes he does make mistakes with animals. So they basically believe it, unfortunately, could have been him. Suddenly, it's Easter, which, again, the the first few books do this thing where they're like, it's Christmas, it's Easter now. Look, it's Easter. Mm -hmm. A chapter later, it's Easter. (laughs) Yeah, that's how time works. That is how time works. We just had Easter. We did. We had a lovely Easter weekend together. Half a week. Yeah, like we spent yes. Easter Sunday together. We did. It was nice. It was very nice. It was. Um, they then have to choose their subjects to carry on at third year and after. So they're like optional study subjects. So I was very weird that they like didn't have like preview lessons. Yeah, it was just like pick. Because, like, I didn't have, Actually, it? no, I didn't have preview lessons for some oh, really? I was My question I wrote down to you was, what GCSEs did you study? Did oh. you choose? What were your optionals? Uh, By the way, GCSEs are the... So, I don't know if anyone wants to know this. The school system in Harry Potter is structured very similarly to the standard school system in England, where you have GCSEs, which are our equivalent of OWLs, and A levels, which are the Harry Potter equivalent of NEWTs. WTs. Um, I know that's different to every other country, but if you follow the Harry Potter school system, we basically went through the same thing without magic. <laughs> yeah. So what? What were your G C S E choices? Uh, sociology. Yep. Don't judge me. Media. I'm not judging you. I just didn't have the option to study that. Oh yeah. Grammar school. Yeah. Textiles. Ooh. <gasps> no, it was <gasps> idiot. This episode's going so well. (laughs) Hannah just spilt her drink. (laughs) Um, Okay, what GCSEs did I take? Photography. I guess that's it. Unless... Did you not have to take a language? No. We could do a language or media. So I was able to take less options and I even had to petition to take a third slash fourth. They were going to reduce our options down. um, The group I was in. And we all banded together, wrote a petition, and got all of us and all our parents to sign it. Which is pretty cool. Uh, so I took art, drama, and history. I decided to take two art subjects because um, I did 14 GCSEs. <laughs> yeah, I went to a grammar school. We, I just, they signed this up for all of them, and then I had to take a language, so I took French, which was by far my worst GCSE. Yeah. I was so bad at it. There we go, that was GCSEs. Anyway. The gang are discussing what else to take. That's why that tangent was relevant. And I find the British school system weird as well, how you're basically dropping subjects age 13 or don't have the choice to su- su- study certain subjects at 13, which then limits, like, the rest of your life, basically. Like, if I would suddenly decided I liked geography, I was fucked from age 13. Well, are you not allowed to take it for A-level if you didn't take GCSE? Not we unless you got special written permission all the way up what? from the department departmental head. That is ridiculous, because... It's not like even like a degree you can study it without the A level normally. Totally. You would you could have done it. I know a few people that did it, but they had to get permission from the department. That is head. ridiculous. Like you don't learn such a level at GCSE that would block you from understanding at A level. I like know. I took a psychology A level, um, then I didn't do it. at GCSE. Oh well, I took a psychology A level, but they didn't offer it at GCSE, so I went straight in. Exactly. So it yeah. makes no sense. No, I know. I know. Wow. It was weird. But yeah, like the school system that J.K. Rowling is replicating does the exact same thing. Like Harry can basically never learn ancient ruins because he decides at 13 not to study it. Which really is dumb. why Hermione is kind of in the right where she's like, I want to study everything. Which is why I actually think a lot of the American school system and American college system makes a lot of sense. Because also when they do a four year college course, you can correct me here if I'm wrong. In the first year of college, don't they like have the option to study everything and then they do yeah. a major? Yeah, they just take courses, I yeah. think. And then yeah, you pick your major and your minor. You can and then you can do more than one minor if you have lots of time. Yeah, and it makes and a lot more, more sense. It makes like, so much more sense. Yeah, and like even here, like you normally you get so many people that do a year or two of university and then drop out or transfer. Gen. Yeah. Um, And it makes so much sense. And like, I applied to university to study sociology Mm. and criminology. And then now I have a degree in fashion marketing, so that went well. (laughs) But like, when we get to the next level, so what is equivalent to any WTs that the Harry Potter students do, we only pick three to four subjects. Yeah. age 16 we have to limit ourselves down to three or four subjects like when I think about what I wanted to do with my life at age 16 is so different to now and I'm still only 24 yeah like there's some big problems with the American with the English school system yeah so yeah British school system and Harry Potter school system bit weird um Percy recommends divination to Harry because and I quote it's never too late to start thinking about your future <laughs> is that a joke I have no idea, but I don't think Percy Weasley is capable of making jokes, and... But it's like a double entendre like, what? (laughs) But also, Percy Weasley does not seem like the kind of person to recommend divination. Or, like, study, like, can you imagine him in a divination lesson? Like, oh, I see this in the Crystal Ball. No, Percy's like a Hermione, ancient ruins, arithmetic kind of guy. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. Really odd that he recommends that. Um, so then moving on, that bit is just kind of that bit's prep for the next book. We like do it for a paragraph and then we stop. <laughs> um, Harry's room gets ransacked and he realizes that the diary is gone. The next day it's the Quidditch match. This chapter moves about quite a bit. Um, Harry is walking towards the match and hears the voice in the walls again. Hermione works something out, doesn't say what it was. And runs off to the library. We love effective communication. Thanks Hermione. And also this is basically the last time we'll see you this book. And I'm gonna linger on it. Ron says, which I think is my favourite line this book, is because that's what Hermione does. When in doubt, go to the library. And I've seen so much cute merch with this on. And it's one of my favourite little quotes. I really like that one. Aww. And also, just because like Ron just gets Hermione. Yeah. Even though. But- They're like 12. Yeah. it kind of frustrates me that why aren't the boys more worried and like more thinking about the fact that Harry's just heard the voice Muggleborns are being targeted Hermione is a Muggleborn. I'm like why aren't you um, running after her like I know they're worried about the Quidditch match and they're really distracted yeah. but like in my head I'm screaming like no run after her don't let this happen like it's because they're men like men are so <laughs> not inquisitive do you ever have the things Charlie's like- very anti-men at the moment she just had an argument with her landlord and her flatmate yeah uh no but like does like, i don't know with neil for instance yes does he ever do the thing where he'll come and be like oh like you know so this happened at work today or like this is happening with blah 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 yeah. and you're like oh more details. or like <laughs> ask us like really obvious questions say like oh are they upset or something and he's like oh i do not think i that. didn't ask And And you're you're just like, what? Or it's like something really, you're like, why wouldn't you ask? Why wouldn't you want to know this? And just men are just so not inquisitive. And they're just like, oh, I didn't ask. Yeah. Why? That's Harry and Ron in this situation. They're like, oh, I just don't think that Hermione might be attacked even though she's Malcolm, and I've just heard the voice in the walls. Yeah, they're really shit. Well done, boys. Good friends. Mm -hmm. Good friends. Yeah. Yeah. They go out to start the game, but McGonagall cancels it straight away. She tells Harry and Ron to come with her. And they walk into the hospital wing and Hermione and the Ravenfall prefect have been petrified imagine the anxiety when when she's like come with and then they're like walking i know i know they're like oh i've read some fan fictions about like this bit because we so don't have access to it and it really upsets me and stresses me out because like i imagine so what i imagine is hermione's so like full of adrenaline she's just worked out that harry can speak past her therefore it might be a snake she's going to research it going to research it going to research it works out she's right and then as she's standing there having worked it out she realises she's muggle-born and she's trapped herself in the school and like I think this is the real moment where we realise that this for me is the moment we realise Hermione is a Gryffindor like up until now like she's definitely portrayed as like she isn't given as much character development as Mm -hmm. Harry and Ron like she's definitely portrayed as just like the one with all the answers and then she goes and does this incredible incredibly brave thing and not only that she says the ravenclaw prefect like because the ravenclaw prefect won't know what what was going on so hermione must have stopped her asked her if she had a mirror and then made her walk with her the entire time yeah. and like which again is so smart because imagine if you were like in that kind of like trapped situation yeah like, where you felt trapped and hunted and like your brain actually worked enough to be like mirror yeah get a mirror like that's incredible but then hermione might not have had it that mirror might have been the ravenclaw yeah so it's just like makes me feel quite stressed thinking about what she must have gone through in that moment. Yeah, but, like, it still doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, where was it coming out of the pipes? (laughs) Where are just these random pipe bits? I think it's just coming out the bathroom. Myrtle's bathroom. And then slithering... No, wait, it was in the walls. Yeah, like, it's in the walls. And then, like, if it was, like, only coming out of the bathrooms, like... I guess that kind of does make sense, but also not really. Like, I thought the snake was huge. It can't fit through a toilet. Exactly. Like, this has always bothered me. Never thought about that. Out. Why have you ruined this for like, me, Charlie? I know, but like, even if it's coming out of the bathrooms, which d- still d- doesn't make a lot of sense, but I could buy, like, a magical kind of, like, squishing down kind of thing. But still, that means that then either all of the attacks happen right outside the bathroom, or, like, how would no one be like, hmm, should that snake be going down this hallway? <laughs> like... You know? No, I do. I do. It's well, not like it's a short snake. <laughs> it's quite a big snake. Yeah. It's a long it's boy. A really good point because Harry hears it within the walls. Like, we can assume that definitely for, like, um, Mrs. Norris, it came out of Myrtle's bathroom because it was right outside Myrtle's bathroom. But, yeah, for the rest. but then maybe Where is like, it popping out yeah, of? I don't know. Maybe, like, Colin was found on some stairs. Was the snake just going up some stairs? Exactly. <laughs> Someone would see it. Like... There's quite a few people in Hogwarts. Yeah. I've heard. Well, okay. So, Collins happened at night whilst everyone was asleep. Yep. Justin's happened whilst everyone was in lessons. I think that's the least believable. Hermione's happened when every single person was down watching the match. The lessons doesn't make sense. the lesson one doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. You'd be like, what's that noise? Oh, well, it's like a it would slither, <laughs> slither past like. A, a, class, a, a classroom. A classroom. McGonagall would be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is Snake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's Snake's furry again. <laughs> Snape's already in this book. happened well, to Snape... Your notes make me realise I haven't heard from Snape in a while. He's off washing his hair. Anyway, this is Hermione's Gryffindor moment, and I just love Hermione. But now she won't be in it for most of the rest of the book, so bye, Hermione. Um... Harry and Ron then decide they have to speak to Hagrid because another attack has happened. Um, And this is actually the first time the invisibility cloak is mentioned in this book. Harry's like, I think it's time to get my dad's old cloak out again. I'm like, how have you not mentioned it this book? Have you just not done anything with it in nine months? Mm. Does he not just like sneak off sometimes for fun? No, I guess you could like have a wanker under it. I mean, right. to be fair, a dormitory is an awkward situation. For teenage I, boys. I always think about this. So Hagrid greets him with a crossbow at the door. They barely have five minutes to chat before Dumbledore and Fudge arrive. Um, oh, I can't read my own notes. Oh, this is the first time we've met Fudge, and it explicitly mentions that Fudge is wearing a pinstripe suit, which I've realised is... Number one, the first mention of a wizard wearing a pinstripe suit. And number two, I was thinking about Fantastic Beasts and the fact that everyone was getting a bit annoyed about how all the wizard characters were wearing suits with cloaks rather than robes. But Fudge is said to be wearing a suit with a cloak. So clearly it is an option for wizards to wear. Maybe it's, like, the cool thing. Or maybe it's, like, the 1920s thing and Fudge was just really into that. Yeah, maybe. Like... I don't know, I just found it, because I'd always thought, where did Fantastic Beasts get that from? They did just want to make, like, um, Hugh, no, I was about to say Hugh Grant, who am I thinking of? Jude Law? Jude Law, just like amazing in a suit, and then I'm like, no way, Fudge wears a suit. Mm. Um, Fudge says that Hagrid's got to come with him, they're taking him out of school, they're taking him to Azkaban, but the way Fudge is, phas- wow. the way Fudge is phrasing everything, um, it's very obvious he knows it, it isn't hybrid, and he knows it wasn't hybrid in the first place. He's phrasing everything like, I'm sorry I have to do this, I've listened to Dumbledore, I have to be seen to be doing something, as soon as we catch the person, we'll give you a full apology, but I have to show the parents that I'm doing something. It's just so obvious that Fudge knows this is all fake, and he's, it's also like, literally the first time we ever see Fudge, he's doing something to please the public, rather yep. than what will actually help. Yeah, and and it's, that's his character throughout the books. Yeah, and it's really mirrored with, later on, what he does yeah. to Thingy Shunpike. Stan, yeah. Stan. He's total scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. just to be seen to be doing something. So this is like, Fudge's character is all explained here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a douche. He is a douche. Lucius Malfoy then arrives with all his hair, and um, he has a notice from the governors to get rid of Dumbledore. So this is all happening on the same night. People just keep walking in. Um, there's nothing they can do. All the governors have signed this. Hagrid basically says it's blackmail, but Lucius tells them to shut up. Um, Dumbledore clearly knows Harry and Ron are in the room because he then, like, glances at them. He says that line about, um, I will remain at Hogwarts until none left here are loyal to me. And I'm like, yeah. Can he see? Like, he can see through invisibility quotes, right? I don't think so. It's, like, maybe general ones, but I don't think Harry's. I don't think... Anyone can. But how does Dumbledore always know when Harry's in the room? I with think it's it? just, I don't, I don't, know. But like in this context, it would be kind of obvious, like that they huh. might be there. I don't know. And maybe like at one point, like Harry coughed. Ron farted. Well, no, to be fair, Ron literally says when they walk in the room, "That's Fudge, <laughs> Dad's boss." Yes, exactly. I like to think it's just really obvious. <laughs> Fudge <laughs> is just like, but Dumbledore's like. You shut up, you give yeah. yourself away. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, maybe they are just, like, making noise and, like, shuffling about <laughs> yeah. the entire time. I was just like, Would you pretty quiet, I'm gonna yeah. have to say something. Do you like, they're 12. Yeah. Like, what 12-year-olds do you know with, like, much self-restraint? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Dumbledore has to leave the school and then Hagrid also leaves the hut but says, if people want to know things, they should just follow the spiders. Which... Why is no one like, say Dumbledore? No, wait, Hagrid said that. Yeah. So, Hagrid, that's a weird statement. Do you you actually know something? Yeah. Like, do you want to maybe elaborate on that? Do you want to explain that, maybe? Are you just talking to your dog? Like, yeah. Yeah, again, with men just not asking questions, they're like, okay. Okay, cool. That was uncharacteristically deep and mysterious from Hagrid. Bye, Hagrid. Bye. (laughs) That's the end of the chapters. What do you think of these two? Good. I definitely I read them. <laughs> I think quite a bit happened in them. Yeah. No, oh they, they were good chapters. I'm very, very sorry, guys, about forgetting my notes. Um, Everyone hates you now. It won't happen again. Uh, let's just call it drunken comedy. Right? It was funny. <laughs> I like these two chapters. I think quite a bit happens. And we only have four chapters left of the book. Mad. Mad. Crazy. Absolutely mad. Mental. Mental. It's mental, mate. Mental. Mental oriental. We're British orphans. We are. This is my British orphan voice. Is it Oliver a twist? Oliver twist. Please, sir. Can I have there? some more? I have some more. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Um if you like this episode themed around something, let where the food and drink is themed, let us know, because we could do more of them. We definitely can. And let me know if you think that I should just give up and quit the podcast. Don't leave me. Everyone loves you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To keep up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Goblet of Wine Pod, on Instagram at Goblet of Wine Podcast, and on our website at www.gobletofwine.co.uk. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or on Facebook. Thank you so much to our producer level patron, Sandra, for her help supporting this podcast. If you'd like to support us as well as gaining access to behind the scenes content and bonus episodes, Check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash wine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.